Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. Today, our topic is going to be setting a watchman. Let's begin today in Ezekiel chapter 33. In Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning in the first verse, it says, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast, and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, and taketh not warning, if the sword come, and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come, and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. In this chapter, we find the Lord calling his people to choose and establish someone to be a watchman, someone who will alarm the people when an attack of the enemy is approaching, or when they're doing something wrong, or when they're starting to wander from God and from His will. God was calling for a watchman in order to protect His people. God could have warned them Himself. But it's clear throughout Scripture, and also throughout history, that God chooses to work through human instruments. This call for a watchman wasn't only for Israel, it's also for us. We need the Lord to establish watchmen in the church. It's not only preachers and teachers that have this calling. We're all called to be watchmen. Verse 7 said, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. The Lord wasn't only telling Ezekiel this. He's telling us the same thing. He wants us to be watchmen who sound the alarm for the church when things aren't as they should be. In the spiritual warfare that we're daily involved in, it's necessary that there are watchmen to sound the alarm of attacks from the enemy and divisions and disagreements within our own ranks. In order for us to be able to answer this call and properly be a watchman, we first have to understand exactly what it entails. The word for watchman in verse 7 in the Hebrew means to look out or about, to spy, to keep watch. The concordance goes further to say that it means to behold, a spy, look up well, wait for, to lean forward, to peer into the distance, by implication to observe or await. There's a lot that we can learn from this definition. The first element that we need to look at is spying. Spying is something that we almost never think of in a spiritual sense, but it's always going on in the spiritual realm on both sides of the warfare. It's a tactic that the enemy has used often, and it's been effective for him, which is why he continually does it. The devil did this against Jesus. Luke 20 and 20 says, 
And they watched him, and sent forth spies, which should feign themselves just men, that they might take hold of his words, that so they might deliver him under the power and authority of the governor. The devil didn't just do this to Jesus either. He does it to anyone who identifies themselves with Jesus, anyone who follows and obeys Jesus. Galatians 2 and 4 tells us, And that because of false brethren, unaware, brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. This verse is very revealing, because it shows that when the enemy sends his spies, he's not just having them observed from a distance, which would have been bad enough on its own. He sends them into our territory. It said brought in, who came in privily. This shows that he sends spies among us. He wants to understand the liberty that we enjoy, because once he understands it, he'll be able to attempt to get us to twist it and abuse it, which will, in the end, lead us away from God and from his will. His ultimate purpose for this spying, as we find in this verse, is to lead us into bondage, which is the very reason why we need a watchman in the first place. These are the same people that Jude warned us against. In the book of Jude, verse 4, it said, For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old, ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. These spies come into our churches and into our lives to try to pervert and twist God's word. They try to lie and cast doubt on his word and on his character. In doing this, they try to sow seeds of disunity so that they can get the church out of one accord with one another. Because the devil understands better than anyone else that the power of the church is found in its unity. We're stronger together, but we have to be aware when there are people in our midst who are only there to divide and destroy. These are people that, like those who constantly tried to catch Jesus using his own words against him, will try to do the same to us. This isn't just a tactic of the devil. This is also a tactic that the Lord uses. The Lord is able to do this better than anyone else. Luke 8 and 17 says, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. One of the mechanisms that the Lord uses to do this is His Word. Hebrews 4 and 12 tells us, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Even though the Lord is more than able to do this himself, he chooses to work through us as his vessels. In our warfare, just like he did with Israel in the natural, he'll send out spies, and this is where we come in as the watchmen. Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 to 2 say in the English Standard Version, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a chief among them. He'll do the same with us, which is a major part of our calling to be watchmen. He'll send us out into the world, into the enemy's territory, and have a spy on those who haven't yet come to the Lord. Doing so causes us to learn how the world works, how they think, and how they operate. This knowledge then helps inform our warfare, so that we can use that to our advantage. This can inform us on how we can reach these people and take back ground from the enemy that rightfully belongs to us. 
The next question that we need to ask ourselves is how exactly do we spy on the world in the way that God would have us to? Noah Webster defines spy as a person sent into an enemy's camp to inspect their works, ascertain their works, ascertain their strength and their intentions, to watch their movements, and secretly communicate intelligence to the proper officer, one who watches the conduct of others. This is an important role that we're called to, and the way in which we're to spy is through observation. The definition that we looked at earlier for watchmen said to peer into the distance, by implication, to observe. This is the mechanism for which we do our spying and our watching. Observation is one of the ways in which we gain knowledge. When we truly observe the world, we can discern and understand their strengths, their weaknesses, their intentions, and their works. Observation is important because it's vicarious by nature. We're observing things happening around us or things happening to other people. It always has to do with something outside of ourselves which is why this is the perfect mechanism for spying on the world. Every time that we leave our church, we're going into the devil's territory. Every time that we pull out of a church parking lot, we're officially on the mission field. And this calls for us to operate in discernment and how we speak and act when we're with those who don't know Jesus, because our life is a living epistle, and they formulate their opinion of God partially on how we conduct ourselves. Our discernment should lead us to be very cautious about how we go about our interactions with the world while we're observing. When it comes to observing how the world thinks and operates, it's not something that we should do lightly. We have to remember that it's observation, it's not participation, because there's a big difference between these two. Observation can be vicarious, while participation can't be. Participation is firsthand and would mean that we're adopting their mindset and their actions, which will never lead to anything good. This is a mistake that a lot of Christians make. They think that by adopting the world's way of thinking and acting, that they'll be in a better position to reach people. As time goes on, they take it to be a great sign that the people seem to accept them, and even to love them. But this isn't a good sign at all. The only reason that this is the case is because the world loves their own, which means that they can't discern any real difference in the Christian's life when compared to their own, which gives the false impression that being Christian wouldn't mean a different way of living. It would just be more of the same, which is the very life that inwardly they're desperately wanting to escape. This mindset of attempting to be overly relatable easily leads to giving into heresies, and it easily leads to forfeiting biblical truths in order to be more up-to-date or more acceptable, while not thinking twice about giving the devil more and more ground in our warfare. We have to guard ourselves against making the same mistake. Others go to the other extreme and try to disassociate themselves from the world completely, but this is equally ineffective. These Christians are the ones that tend to adhere to legalism in its more extreme forms. They take a text like James 1 and 27, which says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world, and they twist it to mean something that it was never designed to mean. It's impossible to reach people for the Lord if we won't even interact with them. These Christians may stay unspotted from the world, but they definitely never change the world, which in many ways is the most important calling that we've been given. They may be light, but they never dispel darkness. 
they just try to keep darkness at bay, where it already is, which makes it the same as if light wasn't there at all. These are the people who tend to be so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly good. We have to guard ourselves against falling for this false mindset. The devil wants Christians to do this because he's in one way able to render you ineffective. He understands that he already lost you, but he wants to stop you from helping anyone else escape his reach. There is a middle ground where we can be in the world and yet not be influenced by it. The theologian A.W. Tozer once said, The church should be in the world like a ship is in the water. It's not a problem until the water gets into the ship. This is what it truly means to be unspotted from the world. We can be in their territory, but we can't allow their mindset and actions to become ours. The same way that we're to observe, but not participate. We have to remember that we're in the world, but we're not of it. We're here, but we're here on a mission. We're here as ambassadors of Christ, who carry with us the words of life and the gospel of peace. We're not here to submit to the ways of the world. We're here to change those ways. If we're just avoiding the world, or doing all the same things as the world, we disqualify ourselves from being watchmen. To be a watchman, we have to be able to warn those in the world when we see them doing something that would be spiritually harmful, either to themselves or to others. When it comes to those in the world, we're limited to just warning. That's about all we can do. We can blow the trumpet and sound the alarm, but we can't change for them. We can't force them to change. They have to want to change, and only God can bring about this change in their hearts. But we can plant the seed within them that the Lord will then water and allow to flourish. Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 to 8 told us, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. We have to be ready to warn the wicked and show them a better way. We can't let the devil put us into a fearful silence because we're afraid of saying something hurtful or something offensive. Sometimes things like this need to be said. When we see wrong being done, we can't allow ourselves to never say anything. It's been said that the only thing needed for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2. In 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning in the first verse, it says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, 
vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust under the day of judgment to be punished. Our call to be a watchman isn't exactly like being a watchman in the natural. It goes beyond that. In the natural, a watchman would sit in a tower or on the wall of the city and sound the alarm if there was an imminent attack by an invading army. In the spiritual, we're not only to observe and spy on the world, we're also to peer into the church, to look inwardly amongst ourselves and do some in-house inventory. Our watching is a two-way street, outwardly towards the world and inwardly towards the church. We have to warn each other when we see that something's not right, when something's out of line with God and with his word. We know, as we looked at earlier, that the devil has his own spies that he sends into our territory, and Peter gives us some insight into what these spies might look like. Verse 1 said, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. We need to be aware that these types of things will take place. And when we see them, we need to sound the alarm that something's wrong, that the truth is being twisted and deluded, and that these people aren't being completely honest with us. If these things are allowed to go on, they breed division amongst the people of God. But when the lies are exposed for what they are through the watchman, we can begin to root them out. The problem is when no one says anything, which has happened far too often in the church's history. When you ride on the railroad, there's always a sign that says, if you see something, say something. That's a motto that the church should adopt. If we see something wrong amongst ourselves, in our own ranks, we need to speak up, speak the truth, and stand on God's word. If no one ever says anything, nothing will ever change and the lies will continue to fester and expand more and more until it will be difficult to find any truth at all. Ezekiel 22 and 30 tells us, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. The last part of this verse is one of the saddest phrases in all of Scripture. He said that he found none, and all of Israel, amongst all of God's chosen people, There wasn't one single person who had the courage and the strength to stand up against the lies and the perversions of the enemy. There wasn't one person who would stand on the truth of God's word. There was no one to sound the alarm and watch for the attacks of the enemy, both outwardly and inwardly. We can't allow this to be our story. We know our calling. We know that we've been set apart by God as his people to be watchmen for the kingdom of our God. We should never want God to be able to say again that he looked for someone but found none. We want him to be able to say that he found us ready and willing to do all that he was calling us to do. Matthew 26 and 41 in the Amplified Bible tells us, Keep actively watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is something that we need to be very vigilant about. It's active. It's an everyday thing because it's part of our warfare and warfare is constant. 
A watchman may not seem like he has that much of an important role in a war, but a watchman who's vigilant can make all the difference between an invading army that meets opposition or an invading army that conquers and destroys. In a similar way, our watching can make the difference between the attacks of the enemy being met with well-prepared resistance or with no hindrance of any type, allowing the devil to have free reign in our own territory, bringing people into bondage. We know that we can't let this happen. We know that this is the opposite of God's will for his people, and our vigilance will make the difference if we'll only obey and stay faithful. Isaiah chapter 62 Verses 6 to 7 say, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace, day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give him no rest, till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. We should adopt this as our mindset. We should never hold our peace. We should never stay silent about the truth. We should blow the trumpet, sound the alarm, and allow God to bring forth the change that's needed both in the church and in the world. Let's say with Habakkuk, as he said in Habakkuk 2 and 1, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this great calling that you've given us to be watchmen for the kingdom of God. We thank you that you've enabled us to be able to sound the alarm, to blow the trumpet, to warn those amongst our own ranks of the attacks that we see coming. Where we see the lies, we see the distortions and the perversions of the enemy in this day and age that we're living in. And Lord, give us the courage, the wisdom, and the boldness to not stay silent, but to say what needs to be said, to speak the truth in love, and to reprove those around us who are doing what's wrong and what's against your will. Lord, we thank you that you are going to lead us through your spirit to where you want us to be, and you're going to speak through us so that we can say what you are directing us to say. And Lord, as we go out into the devil's territory, into the world, we thank you that you are going to protect us through your spirit as we observe what the world is doing. And Lord, we thank you that that knowledge which we accrue through observation, you will help us to use in our warfare against the enemy. And Lord, we thank you that that same knowledge we can use to help bring those who are still in the world to you. Lord, we thank you for all the great things that you have set apart for us. We claim those blessings in faith right now. And Lord, we give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to be a watchman and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe 
so that more people can hear the king's word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all, and we will see you next week as we continue to study the king's word together.